0: Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett.
1: Hello, Katie.
0: And Cameron Span. Hello,
1: guys. Girls. Guy and girl. (laughs) People. People. I cannot see y'all right now.
0: I know. We've got a different setup. We are, you know, we've teased before that we are going to get this great podcast studio. It's coming. It's coming, but we're in a transition phase right now, and so... Yeah, I'm having to like kind of peep over computer screens to see Cam right now.
2: Yeah, we um, I've got I've got a, a he's got he's got Cameron's got the 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 setup the the uh, that you would expect for somebody who does a lot of graphic design and, and other production work, uh, dual screens and, you know, powerful computer. And he is actually now working out of what used to be our studio. So we are now recording in his office. Uh, and, uh, it's convenient. He's got two giant <laughs> screens that are blocking our view of him, but, um, I've got this little crack where I can see between his screens. <laughs> this is my
1: fortress of solitude.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Boys, this episode, we're going to talk about disability insurance. Yes. And I mean, this is something that a lot of people have heard of. And maybe when you start a new job, they may talk about, do you want to get disability insurance? But it's something that a lot of people don't really fully understand. Like, I think most people think disability insurance is like you are completely disabled. Mm. But it's really the definitions are different based on your field because I know I was shocked and we're going to talk about this later but I didn't want to say this like I was shocked at like a surgeon if they can't put their you know two fingers together, their thumb and a finger, that's considered disabled.
2: Mm-hmm but whether or not the insurance that you have covers that kind of disability is is dependent upon the policy that you have. We'll get into all of it. It's kind of a fascinating field. One thing I do want to say on the upfront is we are not talking about social security disability today. No. That is not a topic we are going to cover. That is probably a topic to cover by itself if ever that is a totally different ball game. We are also not going to be touching we are also not going to be touching on VA benefits like aid and attendance and uh, VA pension and stuff like that, Uh, anything that is related to your abilities as far as the government is concerned, basically, we are not talking about today. We are just going to talk about insurance. That is that thing that is in your control, something that you can actually do something about. It's going to be an amazing topic, I promise.
0: (laughs) Okay, we've got a list, and this is the eight notable performances by actors with disabilities from Accurate Disability Representation in Mass Media. I know that it's not kosher to say... oh They no dis- longer...
2: They, they would prefer that they not be referred to as disabled. So if for the purposes of this list, we're first of all, we took it from Accurate Disability Representation in Mass Media, eight powerful film and television performances by actors with disabilities, kids included together from kit.org. We're going off of their list and to the extent that any, any of these people prefer to be referred to by some other sort of adjective or whatever. Cool.
0: Okay, number one on this, Harold Russell, The Best Years of Our Lives. This film is about three US servicemen readjusting to civilian life after coming home from World War II. Upon his return, he had to adjust to his past life and plans for the future after having lost both hands in service to his country as an army instructor harold lost his hands while making a training film when an explosive went off accidentally director william wyler saw that the war department footage when he was doing research for the best year of our lives and decided to cast russell as returning petty officer homer Parrish. russell went on to receive the academy award for his performance as first for an actor with a disability Mm. but see that's kind of cool because that's a story that that happens a ton with war and people coming back and you see that of course there's been huge advancements since then some of those prosthetic legs are incredible
2: so literally somebody with a disability who received a disability in the military then portrayed a military person coming back from war with a disability uh very interesting
1: very very full circle yes Number two on the list is probably the most famous deaf actress. I yeah. would say is Mar- Marley Matlin. Yeah. A lot of people have heard of her. She's also an activist. So in 1986, she won an Academy Award for her role in Children of a Lesser God. A little backstory: uh, Marley, the actress, lost her hearing at the age of 18 months due to illness and fevers. Now I know Marley from a film that's a couple years old that was on Apple TV called Coda. Mm -hmm. Now CODA, it's a musical term, like finale, Mm -hmm. and it's also an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults, Mm -hmm. or Children of Deaf Adults. And just quick backstory, this girl, the main star, is she has a brother, and she has a mother and father, and they're all deaf except for this girl, and she wants to be a singer. So it's a really heartwarming story, and um, it made me cry. Mm.
0: Obviously, if you've ever paid attention to anything with uh, me and my family and, and us at Pickler Companies, we do a lot with Memphis Oral School for the Deaf, and so that's a school that kids in you know preschool age get cochlear implants and so they can then go on and go to quote unquote normal education and not have to have that hearing impairment so i agree with cam like this is a soft spot for sure
2: okay well next on the list is probably i guess one of the best known people on the list at least you know he's he's right up there with marley matlin i think that would be peter dinklage who's been in game of thrones the station agent three billboards outside of ebbing Chronicles of Narnia. Honestly, I didn't know that he was in Three Billboards. Uh, he was also in Elf. He's been around for a while. Um, he obviously probably most famously played the role of Tyrion Lannister. That's where I first really became aware of him. I had seen him in other things, but his performance as Tyrion Lannister really turned Incredible. me on to him. Yeah, it was a, it was an amazing performance. Um, he was an amazing actor. Who knew this? Because I always assumed that Peter Dinklage was from England because, uh, you know, the first thing I saw him in that I remembered was Game of Thrones and he has an English accent in that. No, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he was the only member of his family born with a common form of dwarfism known as achondroplasia. Um, so as a young actor, he really struggled to, to make it in Hollywood because mainly because he refused to take the type of roles that were normally offered to people of his stature. And uh, so he has, in interviews, explained that he refused to play elves and, and leprechauns because his ideal role was more like the romantic lead who gets the girl. And my little funny anecdote about that is I recently took a very long flight. Uh, I could not sleep on the flight, and so I had a lot of time to watch movies. And one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called Roxanne. Steve Martin. One of my favorite movies oh, of all yeah. time, yeah, is a is a movie called Roxanne with Steve Martin. It's based on a play called Cyrano, Cyrano. de Bergerac. Yep. I
1: watched that
0: in school, actually. I did
1: too. Well,
0: <laughs> we went to great schools, Cam.
1: I can't see you, but I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> you watched
2: Cyrano in, in school. No, we wa- Steve- I watched Roxanne. Roxanne. We watched Roxanne. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's based on a play called Cyrano de Bergerac, and just recently I saw Dinklage's performance in... He played Cyrano de Bergerac in a movie called Cyrano that just recently came out. I can't really highly recommend the movie because, as I said, I don't sleep on planes. Probably the closest I came to falling asleep on the plane was while this movie was playing, and then I woke up to the end of it, and the end of it is... Utterly depressing. If you're familiar with the original play, Cyrano de Bergerac, then you know how the original play ends and the movie cleaves very close to the ending of the original play. So you don't get the Roxanne ending in the ending of Cyrano. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of depressing. But uh, his performance is as good as you would expect it to be. He is uh, he is a phenomenal actor. But uh, I think I've, I've gone on and on enough about Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Okay, next one. Paula Sage, Afterlife. So this is a Scottish actress, a Special Olympics netball player. What is netball? Is um, that kind of like volleyball? I
2: would assume so.
0: She is a netball player and an advocate for people with Down syndrome. She was adopted as an infant into a family that nurtured her needs. In '03, Scottish director Alison Pebbles cast Sage in her film Afterlife. After a Scottish journalist torn between a high-profile career and caring for his younger sister who had Down syndrome.
2: Well, that sounds like a touching movie. I haven't. Mm. Yeah. I Can't say that I've seen it.
0: Many of the creative staff and crew had personal connections to the syndrome or had personal connections to someone with genetic disorders. She won the B A F T A Scotland Award for a best debut performance, and so this is really similar to what would be a Scottish Oscar. I've the Baftas.
2: Everybody's heard of the Baftas, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's that's obviously down. Down syndrome I think is really becoming much more awareness and a lot of people getting behind that. I know I just helped one of my neighbors, her little boy has Down syndrome and she threw him a rock in that extra chromosome first birthday. It was it was very cute. It just cute. That's very awesome. sweet.
1: All right next on the list is Zach Gottsagan who is uh, most famously known for his role in the peanut butter falcon with Shia LaBeouf like Paula Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Like Paula Sage, who Katie just talked about, Zach was born with Down syndrome. Film directors Tyler Nilsen and Michael Schwartz met Gottsagen at a camp for disabled and non-disabled people, and Zach told them he wanted to be a movie star. The directors decided to write a screenplay for him, using his hopes and dreams to form the basis for what would become the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is super cool. Love it. Next on the uh,
2: list is Millicent Simmons from Wonderstruck. Simmons is one of the newest breakout film stars to be featured in roles that mirror her disability. Simmons lost her hearing at 12 months old due to a medication overdose. Most recently, Simmons starred in John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Mm -hmm. Okay. And A Quiet Place Part 2 as the deaf daughter of a hearing couple played by Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I mean, who hasn't seen A Quiet Place? I didn't realize that. uh, You haven't seen A Quiet Place or A Quiet Place 2? No. Wow. Okay. You, still haven't, you
0: haven't seen Boondock Saints, so we're not
2: talking. I'm, I mean, okay. I can't I can't argue with you on that. Uh, Simmons has become a vocal advocate for the deaf community, speaking on issues of casting, editing that obscures sign language, and even designing a facial mask for medical professionals that includes a transparent panel to allow lip reading and facial expressions to be seen by deaf patients. Okay, so... Here's a little side story. Uh, One of my family members is a speech language pathologist and she has demonstrated for me in pictures the clear front face masks that she started using during covid Mm -hmm. Um, because she had to wear a mask all of the time somebody developed a mask with a clear front so that kids that she was working with that were hard of hearing could see her mouth Uh, and i thought that was very cool
0: covid for sure made that very difficult for everybody but with disabilities for Mm -hmm. sure with reading lips okay this next one um cam already kind of touched on this This is talking about Marley again with the child of death adults coda from Apple TV, but it's also talking about two other actors, Troy Koster and Daniel Durant. And so they were in this great movie that Cam already talked about, coming of age story, hearing teenager and her family, all of whom are deaf. And so Troy actually won the Academy Award the BAFTA, that scottish oscar uh critics choice and sag award for his role
1: now troy uh, if you watch the super bowl and everybody did and this video is going viral he did the sign language for the national anthem oh, and it was, was a tearjerker he was so passionate about it he told a story through sign language and uh, i love the guy i uh, love it
0: so i do have to throw this in my my granny was a sign language teacher at her little bitty town in Arkansas. And um, yeah, signing signing's very touching to me. And I remember just, yeah, okay, we're not gonna talk about that. Just I still remember how to do like I love you and sign the alphabet. And so I did see that performance. And I think that is very beautiful for watching people. And if you go to most any kind of performance or event, you can usually find somebody who is in the area signing the performance.
1: Next on the list is Sophie Jiwan Kim for the role in The Healing Powers of Dude, which I've never heard of. I've never heard of it, but just seeing the title, I really want to see this movie
2: <laughs> because The Healing Powers of Dude, I mean, that sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Sophie it was, might be a sequel
1: to The Big Lebowski. I'm not sure. Or Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Sophie was born in, with Ulrich Congenital Muscular Dystrophy and has been a wheelchair user since she was four years old. 14-year-old Korean-American actress, Sophie, is blazing the trail for a new generation of actors with disabilities in her breakthrough roles as Amara in the Netflix original series, The Healing Powers of Dude, which first made its television debut in January 2020. Interesting. I watch a lot of Netflix and I've never yeah, heard I've of never this. I've never seen
0: this hmm. one. Okay, that is our list. So what is disability insurance? Disability insurance is a type of coverage, like any kind of insurance you think about, car insurance covers your car, home insurance covers your home. This type of insurance is a coverage for if you were to become disabled. It will replace a portion of your income if a disabling injury or illness prevents you from working in the covered occupation. Think of it as a protection for your greatest asset your ability to work and earn a living. And so that's where it's it's unique to every single person because obviously we all use our, our you know, Cam. Let's talk about Cam. He is a graphic designer. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's the jack of all trades for uh, communication wise for here at Pickler Companies. If he was to lose his sight or, you know, maybe even his hands because the use of using the computer, that would make it very difficult for him to do his job. hmm and so he would become disabled because that is the career path he has set. Now, does that mean that he couldn't find any kind of job? No, he could find something, but the career that he is in, he would be considered disabled because he could not do his job. Mm-hmm. So, having this form of coverage provides financial security for you and any loved ones who may depend on your ability to earn a paycheck. The benefits you receive from your policy can be used however you want, from monthly bills, out of pocket medical expenses, to childcare and groceries. So, it really is just kind of that that protection. You know, you get car insurance because you're protecting yourself that if if something happens, if somebody hits you, home insurance in case something happens. This is just kind of another layer of protection in case, you know, my career as a basketball player and if I, you know, shatter my ankle, Mm. like I can't play basketball anymore.
2: So, there are a couple of points to be made about this type of insurance. First of all, where can you get it? Well, Like a lot of other insurance providers, you might be able to get disability insurance through your employer. It might be that they have a group disability insurance policy um, that they pay all or part of or that you can opt into and pay uh, all or part of. So that's one way you can get it yourself privately. There are providers out there for disability insurance um, that you can pay for yourself. How disability insurance is paid for, who is providing it can affect how your benefits are treated when you receive them and also it's it's uh, important to note that there are two different very broadly two different kinds of disability insurance there is disability insurance that basically provides you with benefits if you cannot work or if you are limited in the amount and or ways that you can work in any career or disability insurance that provides you coverage if you cannot work in your chosen field so you could potentially have coverage for disability insurance and if it's one that is that covers your job in your chosen field like for instance, if you're a doctor and you suddenly can't use your hands and that's all you can't you can't pinch your fingers together to be able to hold a scalpel then you would be covered by that insurance so long as it's covering you in your chosen field. Um, but then there's also disability insurance that just, Is strictly based upon whether or not you are able to work and what percentage of ability to work you have in any job. And then obviously not being able to pinch your fingers together may not be sufficient for you to get a huge amount of disability coverage. It may require a more uh, grievous injury, uh, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So how does disability insurance work? So disability insurance is an agreement made between an insurance company and the policyholder in exchange for monthly payments you make. The insurance company agrees to pay you a monthly benefit amount if you suffer a disability that affects your ability to work. So just as court said, it's read the fine print, figure out exactly what you're getting, what the amount is that you're going to be and what it will cover because all insurance policies are not created equally. They're all very different. They're all spelled out differently. So it may be that if Cam thinks that because he's starting to have vision issues that he's going to now... Be able to get this, but his policy is based on you know him being able to work in any capacity. It might be one of those that they can say, well, no, Cam, you can find some other work that doesn't require you know vision as much. Mm-hmm. So that's something to really look at. Having it means that being able to meet your financial obligations, as we've talked about before, paying your bills, covering household expenses, providing for your family, while you're unable to work. And again, this would be great if we had a crystal ball and we knew, hey, I'm probably going to come disabled in six months or, you know, five years. But we don't know that. And so it's obviously if it fits within your financial plan to be able to afford to pay these and it's with anything with insurance, you break it down. Can you afford the payments? Okay, that's one thing. But can you afford to not have the coverage? That's the biggest thing is because yes, This is going to be an expense you have to pay every month towards this or an annual, depending on how you set it up. But is that money an investment that's worth it, that if something does happen, it's really going to save you? Because then if you don't pay for it and then you end up being disabled, can you rebound from that? Is your family in a position that... They can be okay if you were unable to work.
2: Think about the possibilities of what, what you could be covered for if you had disability insurance. So it, it can provide coverage for eventualities like arthritis or back pain or cancer, uh, depression. Uh, diabetes, heart disease, stroke. I mean, people think of disabilities and they think, oh, if I'm in an accident and I lose a leg, but it can be, it's, it's doesn't have to be that, that grievous of an injury or that, you know, it doesn't have to be that you end up as a, as a person that's bound to a wheelchair or something like that. It could be any number of different issues that prevent you from being able to perform a particular job that was your career?
0: There's the visual disabilities that, you know, people can see if, you know, someone has lost a leg or a hand or something, but there's so many things out there now, like people who are struggling with Crohn's or um, COPD or, you know, cystic fibrosis, things like that, that you may not be able to tell. And those people, it might be that they're fine for a couple of months and then they're having to be in the hospital for two or three months trying to get treatment to try and get under control which is going to be hard working with an employer. And then it's like, hey, at any moment, I may be out of work for three months. So that's something that like, you know, look into that thing and and know that it does cover a lot more than just the what's kind of in our brain of a typical disability.
2: Okay, so breaking it down a little bit more. Obviously, as with all insurance policies, someone is paying a premium. Whether it is you, or if you've got a workplace provided disability insurance, then maybe your employer employer is paying those premiums. But somebody is paying the premium. So obviously, one of the questions that you have to answer is how much are you going to be paying? What is that premium going to be? And whatever it is, that payment you have to make it on a monthly or a monthly basis in order to keep your coverage in place. So if you just decide that you want it, and you're, you foresee a possibility of needing it down the road, then it is important to maintain those premium payments. Because if you do not, then your coverage can lapse. And then if you do end up being disabled, you will find that you are disabled without coverage. So don't waste the payments that you've already made by not continuing and keeping up with those payments. Yeah.
0: What is your policy's definition of disability? Some policies will pay out a monthly benefit if an injury prevents you from working at your normal job. But it allows you to do other types of work that will nonetheless reduce your income. Other policies will not pay benefits or if you are able to work in another type of profession, even if you are earning less money. So again, it's, you know, put your court lawyer hat on and read the fine print.
2: Oh, God. Listen, I think people think that just because I'm a lawyer, it has somehow magically granted me the ability to wade through 30 pages (laughs) of insurance policy contracts. Those things are ridiculously long and dense and hard to stay awake while you're reading. So a good idea is to to make sure that you have an insurance professional that knows their stuff and that can tell you this is how much your premium is going to be. This is what it covers. And make sure that you know the questions that you need answered. Like, hey, am I going to be covered if I can no longer work as a singer? Because that's what I love and that's what I do and that's how I make my living. And you need to make sure that you have the right policy to cover that.
0: And you can always get second opinions and, you know, reach out to your financial advisor and get them to kind of look at it.
1: Another question a disability insurance policy will answer is how much benefit will you receive if you become disabled? It's a pretty important question. Mm -hmm. In most cases, your benefit amount will be a percentage of your income. Individual policies typically pay up to 60% of the monthly income you earned before becoming disabled. You may ask, why not a full 100%? Because you pay your insurance premiums with your take-home pay that has already been taxed. Hmm. So, for instance, as I said earlier, one of the things that you have to consider is
2: if you have paid your premiums yourself for privately provided or even employer-provided disability insurance, but you paid the premiums, then when you receive a disability payment from your insurance company because you've become disabled, that payment will not be taxable because you've already paid taxes on the money that you use to pay those premiums. So you may not need as much money uh, as you as your normal income because your income from disability is not being taxed. Uh, whereas if your employer pays your premiums, then that money that you receive from your disability insurance might indeed be taxed. And then you might you might find yourself needing more money because you are having to pay taxes on the money that you receive from your insurance.
0: So how long will the benefits last if you become disabled? The benefit period may be a certain number of months or years or up to a certain age. Short-term disability policies typically have a benefit period including six months and a year, whereas long-term, you may see things of two, five, 10 years or up to age 65, which then that's where court kind of tees that obviously then there's, other disabilities that you can start talking about with social security, VA, things like that. But we're not going to get into that at this point. It is just definitely one of those, you've got these different policies in place. We're going to go through the types of disability insurance. And I I will say, I will put it right here at this point. I have heard recently, I guess I've been talking to a lot of people who um, are sharing about these different businesses, how there's a lot of companies right now, like Nike for one, is really taking a European approach on paternity leave and maternity leave and things like that. And it sparked a conversation that there are several women who have had babies and they have to get short-term disability. Mm -hmm. You're pregnant or you just had a baby, but Short-term disability may come into play because you are recovering from having a baby or having a cesarean or something like that.
2: It's an interesting topic, and I'm going to I'm going to walk very gingerly around this topic because I am not necessarily expressing that my agreement with this opinion. But in America, um, pregnancy is a is a voluntary state, and b- based on that premise, I suppose employers do not have to provide paid leave. They have to provide leave under the Family Medical Leave Act, the federal law Family Medical Leave Act, and most state states also have laws as well that cover needing to take off time for a family medical issue, uh, including having a child, uh, under that law, you can be out for up to, under the federal law, three months, uh, up to some, under some state laws, it can be anywhere from four to eight months, I think. You can be out, you, your, your employer must hold your position, but they do not. No law that I'm aware of, uh, at least certainly not the federal law, requires the employer to pay you while you are out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even want to say if it's in the minority or not, but I know that a lot of European nations, for instance, uh, they do have paid leave uh, for for mothers. Oh,
0: my my friend who lives in Australia, she got a year off of work and was paid for the time like she she didn't get like any overtime or anything like that. But it was just her basic salary. She was paid Mm -hmm. and got a year of maternity leave, which isn't crazy. Yeah. But so. That's where I kind of wanted to throw this out because there's probably, hopefully, a lot of you know, females listening, or maybe people that are you know, having kids or thinking about having kids. That this is something that you need to look into because you may think, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get disabled, but pregnancy and complications with that, or just even basic recovery, can be considered for short term disability if it's what you need to do to work with your company. So, okay, you know, let's go back to the different types, yeah, long term. Long-term disability coverage protects the income of people affected for an extended period of time. It covers serious injuries and illnesses that prevent or limit a person from working for several months or years or even permanently. Benefits end once you've recovered from a disability up to a maximum benefit period. This period can be a set number of years, such as 10 years, or it can be up to age 65. Long-term disability policies typically replace between 60 to 80% of your income. So, I mean, this would be something that you know, if you get a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that, that you're not sure about, that could be factored into the long-term.
2: One sort of distinguishing factor about a long-term disability insurance policy that we have to, to point out is that most of them don't kick in immediately. Mm-hmm. Most of them, there is a wait period. Um, your, your long-term disability insurance will not kick in and even start paying you until you have been out of work due to to disability or illness for something like 90 days, I believe.
0: All of them have a little different terms, but I do remember that. And it's short term, you know, it's as it makes sense. It's more of a temporary, um, shorter term. It typically replaces 40 to 60 percent of your income. And it lasts usually, you know, three to six months. But this benefit typically begins 14 days from when disability occurs. So it's very likely that somebody could start with short-term and then it evolves into long-term mm-hmm. if depending on the severity of what's happening and, and because sometimes you never know when that first situation happens you don't know if this is something that's going to be around for a long time or short term. Okay.
2: okay i said we weren't going to cover social security disability we're not but it's it is considered a disability insurance so i will tell you The broadest of broad overviews. You must have paid into the system. In other words, you must have been employed by an employer who was taking out money and paying it into the Social Security system. You have to have a certain number of points from your payments into the system before you can receive Social Security disability. And if you are going to apply for social security disability, you have to qualify for it. And your qualification for social security disability will be based upon your medical need for assistance because you cannot work in a gainfully employed job. I'm just going to leave it at that. It is, uh, it is a, a complex topic that deserves its own episode, but um, you have to have been working for some time of your life and paid into the system. And then if you become disabled, you can get money back out of the system as social security disability, but you have to medically qualify for it. And we'll just move on from there.
0: This is a very high level. And what I suggest is that if you have questions, you know, first see what your employer can offer. If you need to go with an outside company, but again, use your resources, use your financial people to help you kind of figure out what's going to be best for you. The last thing we kind of want to throw in there um, is workman's comp, because it's kind of been a joke at some places, I guess. Like I run into the wall at work and it's like, oh man, workman's comp, I got injured at work. Okay, well, no, that was my fault. But if you've been to the doctor recently, I know I've um, I've been having to go to ortho one for my knee because I got in a fight with an escalator. <laughs> And then I had to go, if you can't tell I'm a little nasally, I had to go to the minor med just to kind of get some cold meds. And on both of those, when you check in, they say, are you here because of an employer or did you get an employee? Were you injured at work? Both of those places ask that. And it's because they need to know, like, were you injured on the job? And to me, I used to always think, okay, well, that was just people who work in factories or things like that. But it could be anybody like if. Mm if you slip and fall at your office or things like that. And so that's workman's comp, which is not disability insurance. That's totally different. This is accident insurance that is paid by the employers. And so under workman comp insurance, you may receive benefits to cover medical bills or rehabilitation costs if you become injured or ill on the job. And so you know, it may cover partial lost wages if you miss work. Some policies will provide death benefits if you're killed on the job. And unlike uh, the other types of coverages we've discussed so far, workman's comp only applies if you become sick or hurt while performing your job.
2: to be clear, workman's comp can provide coverage for you if you are uh, if you are unable to work because of an on the job mm-hmm. injury. you can you can receive workers' comp uh, benefits for that. Um, so long as you are unable to work because of that injury that was received on the job. So it's kind of like a disability in, in that sense.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's specific to if you twisted your ankle playing at your kid's soccer game, that's it's your kid's soccer game. You yeah. Can't, that's not working. Yeah. You can't come in and they'd be like, Oh man, I just tripped on that parking curb. It's like, okay, sure. Sure. You did. <laughs> There's a lot of nitty gritty when it gets into the disability insurance and it's kind of one of those that it's it's not sexy to talk about. It's not fun to talk about, but it's something that really can make or break you because if you can't work, you can't pay your bills, you can't provide for your family, and your entire financial plan you may put together may blow up. And so this is just kind of a layer of protection to really look into.
2: Well, I uh, I tend to agree with you, except for the fact that I think it's dead sexy. Um <laughs>
0: Well, if you want to talk sexy disability insurance with court, he <laughs> yes. is in session.
2: Absolutely. Let's just get down and dirty with the disability insurance. Katie, why don't you wrap it up?
0: All I'm gonna say is it's kinda one of those when you when you start a new job, especially find out the details, find out, you know, about their four hundred one K plans, about their HSA accounts, find out if they offer disability insurance. And if Heck, even,
2: even before you start a new job, yeah. when you're considering jobs, uh, when you're considering job offers, I mean, make sure that you're aware of all of the all of the benefits that any of your employers offer, and make sure that uh, that that is part of your consideration before you move forward. Oh. Obviously, you know you want a job where where it'll be fun to work and you're doing something you like, but if if you you know all other things being equal, make sure that you've compared the benefits as well.
0: Yeah, that's huge. We were helping somebody, and it was they were looking just at the salary. And yeah, while you're gonna be making some more, you're losing so many of your benefits. So it's really, you've got to look at every single aspect of it. And that can be a leverage point that if you are working in a new company or about to be accepting a job, say, hey, well, this other company paid disability insurance. What are you gonna do? Like you getting car insurance, like you having home insurance, get insurance on yourself you are the most important asset you're what's bringing the bacon home you're the one who's making the money so make sure you're protecting yourself if you cannot afford to recover if you can't work anymore so it's really one of those like it's the money that is being invested to really make a difference for you but also make sure you get the right policy because there's so many people i've heard of that have gotten different policies out there and then they Something happens, and then they realize this policy is not going to be good for them. It's it's there's too limiting to it, or things like that. So, find out the information before you become disabled, so you're aware of what's going to happen. I guess that's kind of my bullseye-ish of kind of disability insurance.
2: Bullseye. Three. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to sign up to have our podcast delivered directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. We're available on most services. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, and Cameron, feel free to go to our website where our bios are. You can read all about us. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave a comment, suggest a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, or just say hey. If you like pictures, boy, do we have pictures. Our Instagram handle is at bullcastpodcast, and we also have a Twitter handle, which is also at bull. Podcast. We have a Facebook page that's Bullcast the Podcast. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, we are occasionally want to mention that we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what it is we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, what Pickler Wealth Advisors can do for you, find out about our amazing team and about our boss David Pickler. Go to that website and read all about us. That's PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Court.
0: I'm Katie.
2: I'm Cam. And we're done.